Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. everybody to Nightlight. So glad you could join us. I want to thank Ken Quiethawk for his amazing intro. You can find him and his lovely wife uh, on the internet. They are native storytellers and I urge you absolutely to Google him and, and learn a little bit about how history was kept before writing was invented. It's a fabulous, fabulous website. He and his wife um, have done an amazing job of pre- preserving history and enlightening others to how history could be kept and I think perhaps a better way. So tonight, yay team, we have Mary Joyce with us. She is the editor of the amazing website, um, skyshipsovercashiers.com. I urge you all to please check it out, but after the show, please. Um, It's an amazing website. She has been trained as a real news reporter, and what what she has done with the website is to pick up stories that you know, the uh, <clears throat> traditional newscasters aren't covering and help to enlighten the rest of us to things that are falling through the cracks that are not only phenomenally fascinating, but with her website you can be sure that she has double-checked and triple-checked out everything that's up there. You will not find anything there that is just a piece of conspiracy theory or anything like that. She checks out her material thoroughly. And uh, she has on the website as well a decade of archives that are fascinating. You can actually, if you're going to dive into her website, have Kleenex and a snack handy because I promise you you won't be able to get through um, it in half an hour or, or even even more. She is, she, the site is just full of 
phenomenally fascinating information that she has thoroughly investigated. And we're going to be talking tonight about an amazing, um, an amazing, some amazing things that have happened on her website. Certainly, we're going to be talking about um, some of these hidden cities that um, are coming, co becoming more and more apparent, apparent in Antarctica as the ice is melting. So, without further ado, welcome to the show, Mary. And I'm so excited about tonight because this looks like it's fascinating material. Well, it's a lot of different things. Um, you know, everybody's concerned about um, global warming, and rightly so, because we're losing the coastlines and, you know, weather is not moving in the same ways and we're having extremes. Everybody is somewhat aware of that, if not totally aware. But there is one good thing that's happening during all this uh, climate change, and that is the ice and the glaciers around the world are melting and they have been hiding secrets that go back sometimes millions of years. And uh, uh, some of it's just like the structures uh, from ancient civilizations, but there's also um, what you might call more recent things, uh, which, um, well, we'll just kind of start with the hard stuff and get back to the other. Um, we've discovered two things in Antarctica, one in September and one this month, um, where the ice is melting and you can see ancient structures uh, of cities in two different locations uh, appearing out of the melting ice. And, you know, I know that none of us can really think in terms of, you know, millions of years, but Antarctica was once ice-free, and there are fossils um, of vegetation that you would find, like, in a jungle in Antarctica down beneath the ice. So... It once wasn't the way it is now. But for anywhere between 23 and 34 million years uh, ago, if, depending on which scientist you're talking to, um, it's been totally covered in ice. So things that are appearing now are at least 23 to 34 million years old. That beats anything in the world. The oldest thing that I'm aware of off the top of my head um, are some of the remains of ancient structures in South Africa, and they're like 100,000 years. Well, 100,000 years compared to 34 million years is like a blink. And so yeah. this is truly phenomena uh, that's appearing out of, out of the ice. And these are, like I said, uh, postings that have been uh, uh, recent. And so if you go to the website, skyshipsovercashers.com, on the right-hand side, we always have the most recent postings, and there's two uh, there about these ancient cities that we've found, um, so you can find them quite easily. One is called Ancient City Emerging Now from uh, the Ice of uh, Antarctica, and the other one is, I don't know what the other one is, but they both have to do with um, these ancient cities emerging. Just the sheer number of years is mind-boggling. Yeah, and you know, I I looked at them, and there's also a um, uh, a YouTube that was put up by by Mary Hall um, that that you know her her um, aide that narrates it, and he goes into it even further. And looking into looking into it, you you can see the squared off structures. You can see what were buildings or um, 
walls or uh, structures. And, you know, he he talks about, you know, how uh, I think he mentions Pangea, that it might have been formed before the um, – before the plates separated, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not sure I agree with that because I know that we've had pole shifts and stuff, and at one time, um, Antarctica was almost by the equator with the pole shifts. So I, I don't, you know, and there's no telling which which theory is more appropriate. To be honest with you, but um, you can see uh, squared off buildings and roads and and all sorts of stuff there it's just it's it's phenomenal and, and the uh, one that I you're would... talking about it it's um uh mary hall who i've mentioned to uh your listeners before uh is uh-huh. somebody who had a stroke at a very early age you know age she was it was before she was 50 and uh she almost didn't make it um, she has revived her her brain works pretty well, but she doesn't. It's more difficult for her to communicate. So he will narrate the videos for her, and the link uh, to that video is in the article um, called "Ancient City Emerging Now from Antarctica's Ice." And uh-huh. she has the patience. Like I have a, a, a an aerial photo of the area she was looking into. And it just looks like little cracks or slivers in the ice. Well, she took yeah. time to go down and to really zoom in into those cracks. Well, this is where these cities are. And this one city that she found, and she found it in September, um, uh, looks like a, a walled city. I think that's the one I'm getting. No, it isn't. That's the other one. Um, I get them all mixed up because there's uh, two metropolitan areas that were found but she's been really diligent. She was looking for signs of ancient life um, in Antarctica since May, and she finally found it in September. Well, it's—I um, mean, it's so—it's so clear that you know, in nature, there aren't right angles, and in these—in these photographs that you that you have, I mean, you can see square squares. You can see the fact that there—I mean, there are right angles all over the place, and nature just doesn't do right angles. So, uh, you know, it's it's just it's phenomenal, and happily, you know, it's going to continue to melt because, you know, we're in a warming cycle. It doesn't, it, and and this wall that goes around, yeah, you know, that's in the that's in the more recent article that's closer to the top, and it's called "Ancient Walled City Emerges from Antarctica's Ice," and it yeah. looks like um, a city or a community was built. With this, it, it could be a, a dam, it could be a, a fortress wall, it could be a bridge, but it's very noticeable. And um, it's broken, well, one segment of it that I show in one photograph is 570 feet long. This is like the wall with the structures, or the I would call housing, uh, next to it. Well, then there's a break in the wall, and if you measure, the, and it picks up again. So if you measure the whole thing... Mm-hmm. It's uh, over 1,600 feet in length. So we're not just talking about itty-bitty things that you can just dismiss as something else. No, and when you look at the, the you have a, a lovely picture of uh, the globe in Antarctica, and you have a red dot where this this structure was found, and it's it's right where you would imagine a city would be. It's, you know, like, like us, um, most of our population is gathered around 
the uh, the coastlines, and right. this is right by the coastline. It looks like there's even a, a a water inlet of some sort there. So it makes it does look sense. like a bay. That's a good thing you pointed out. Yeah, and so it, it to me, it's it's like, you know, I I can't wait to see what more there is there because, you know, as you've said, so much of of our antiquity only goes back to the you know the, dry, the 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 last flood and the last ice age, and then you don't know what was beyond that. And and there is now a lot of research going into the fact that, obviously, before the last ice age, before the comet hit, um, there were civilizations that we know nothing about that left remnants here, and this goes back way before that. So, um, you know, I can't wait to see. I mean, are of course, now the question is, okay, this has shown up. Is any investigation being done? I mean, this appears to be, um, you know, naked ground, so to speak. So, um, are, are, you know, of course, of course, there's no way of telling because they don't notify you about archaeology going and looking at this stuff. But it seems to me that this begs research of some sort. Well, what we did, or uh, actually what I did for Mary, the uh, the gal who's uh, disabled, is I wrote a, an article in extension what uh, we've had on the web, and I sent it both to researchers who are doing, who have done archaeological kind of things down in Antarctica. I've also sent it to um, uh, publications, archaeological publications, where they are very supposedly interested in this kind of stuff. So far, we haven't gotten any responses um, uh, from them. I don't know if we if we will or not. It's very, very hard. Can't tell you why for sure, but it's very, very hard to get this into Main Street uh, publications. And I honestly think that um, uh, this, this kind of information is being blocked. For whatever reason, I do not know. But on this uh, story about the walled city, I have the coordinates, so anybody can copy and paste them into their Google uh, map or Google Earth and see it for themselves. But here is something that makes you think that they don't want us to know about it because after I posted these pictures on the website and I go back to the uh, uh, Google Earth, all those images are more blurred than when I first saw them. But I've got got images of what I saw originally. I put it into Google Earth and it brought up someplace in Utah, so I oh, can't figure out well, what, I, what I did wrong. Yeah, I mean, it, I I copied and pasted it into Google Earth and it, it sent me to Utah. So um, wow. I may have done something wrong. I'm I'm not a great techie, but I did cut and paste exactly what you have and I put it into the Google Earth site and I wow. ended up in Utah. Well, I will have so, to go explore that again because the last time I saw it, it was just blurry. Well, I have another question. You've you've got a picture of a globe with a little red dot on it that is of Antarctica. Um, now, uh, right after World War II, we had Project High Jump with with Admiral Berg and everything. Um, where was it that they were going? It wasn't this area in Antarctica. No, it wasn't. I don't it, believe. No, it wasn't, but I can't, uh, at, off the top of my head, I can't pinpoint the location. It's more into the interior, as I understand it. 
Yeah, and I think more southerly. Um, I, I'm not sure, but I, I, I know that this is not an area that either the, um, the, the Nazis were looking at or Project High, High Jump was looking at. So this is a completely other area of, of this amazing um, continent that, that, you know, begs the need for research and, and investigation. And be, because of the way you look at, look at these pictures, it's, it's, there's not ice and there's not snow on it. So that would, and, and, and that you can see shadows. So this is a large wall on, on the, the wall part one that you're, that you're talking about. It has quite a shadow. So it's got to be huge. It's not just a little cabin in the woods, for sure. It's, it no. is definitely some kind of a, uh, a town or a city. And uh, the one that um, uh, Mary first found, well, yeah, that she first found, um, it, it's very organic. It looks like it's been, I don't see a river, but you know how a, a city will follow a river and it takes on that yeah. kind of shape? Well, the, the, the city that she found has that organic shape in a very noticeable way, just like we have cities that evolve here along, you know, today along rivers. Well, it does look as though there is a water source there, too, so that it, it and I'm talking about the city that Mary found, um, it, it does look like there's a water source there. And when I was, when I was looking at the, um, the video that they put up on YouTube, it does look as though um, population was gathered around the, the shore of, of a water supply. And, you know, he was pointing out, you know, square shapes that were pyramids or ziggurats. I'm, I'm not, again, you know, that's a leap of faith, but I, I'd make the same link. You know, you have a square building and, you know, what else could it possibly be than a pyramid or a ziggurat? But um, it, it's just, it's phenomenal when, when, you, when you look at, you know, they take it in a lot closer than your pictures do, so they really blow it up and you can see where she's dropped um, pins to, to indicate that there's something else there too, and um, the amount of of intense focus and concentration that it took to find this. Oh my is goodness! Phenomenal. I mean, you know, you and I are just our minds are just too active, and our bodies are still too active. Uh, but she's kind of trapped, and so she is really able to spend. Uh, time really, really searching where I probably would run out of patience um, because just exploring into these what look like slivers or cracks in the ice and then finding mm -hmm. what's down in those slivers and cracks, that's not an easy find. And she's been working on it since May. So May, June, July, August, she found, that's five months of searching before she found something. Well, yeah, and when you look at the picture, because you have a picture up of what these cracks look like. And, you know, I would have just zoomed over them. Oh, um, me too. And, and yet, and yet in, in this picture, you know, there, you see the cracks, and then to the, to the left of the cracks you see, you know, snow piled up and stuff like that, which would, once you take the time to look at it, which would suggest that there's something else there because it's darker, it's in different shapes. And... You know, uh, it, it takes it takes a mind that that is so focused on detail that it's unbelievable. But but once you stare at this you know, a, a length of time, 
you you begin to see no there's something else there it's that dark has to be land and if land is mm-hmm. there then what's there i mean it's it's not something that that you know, it, it is you'll breeze right over it i mean how how she does this i don't know she's an amazing person to be able to i feel real fortunate that that we've connected with her because she's uh, provided a number of um things that we have been able to put on the website and i always credit her and the the one that she found in september uh i've got the link on that article so you know it takes you right to the video that she posted um uh so anyhow we do our best um but wow. this whole this whole thing has really uh opened up an entirely new um area of study we now have something called glacial archaeology, and wow. um, you know, um, there, there's actual um, journal of glacial archaeology that was first issued in 2014, um, and all of this was actually inspired by um, a 53,000-year-old um, mummy uh, who was known as Atsi the Iceman, and he was found by some German... Uh, tourists when they were hiking in um, uh, the Alps, um, you know, in northern Italy, and they found this mummy coming out from this melting ice. Um, He proved to be one of the most interesting mummies that you could think of because, um, first of all, he he was murdered, and you can, uh, they found the um, wound in his um, shoulder that hit an artery, and then he was hit on the back of the head, and there, he had a hematoma. So he clearly was murdered, and he had just eaten just before that happened, so they know what he ate. He had wheat and red deer and ibex. Um, but they were able to diagnose his um, uh, DNA. That's the wrong word, uh-huh. but they studied his DNA. Uh, they found out that his father's side went back, I think his father's side, went back to um, um, oh, really Italy, some of the islands off of Italy. Um, and he was surrounded by over 400 artifacts. So just imagine yeah, I, yeah. What, what this is, one is this a, mummy. Well, wait, was this, um, was this, now, I could be thinking of somebody else, but I do remember reading about and seeing about um, he had tattoos. Yes, we had. Now, you may have read it somewhere else. I do. I did put it on the website uh, not that long ago. It's still under uh, the latest top 20 stories, so you can find it real easily. Um, yeah, but, I, you I know, think I saw, it, I, I saw it, I think, like on the History Channel. There, there was a whole thing on how they were able to discern and and you know his clothing even how it would how and his little he his little toolkit that he had with him i mean it it was amazing and and you you stop well, and you think you know am i am, well, am i, I found with the same mummy i well, very likely i mean i didn't discover this uh man he was his mummy was found in uh 91 and he's actually in a museum in uh, Italy now. And uh, hes it sounds like a, a strange term, but he's referred to as the oldest wet mummy in the world. So they have to keep him in a um, special cold cell at the museum 
uh, to keep him continuously preserved. Um, I found his shoes. I found his shoes fascinating. It was like the front part of it was like with leather, and then he had cords, and then it it looks like a bird's nest. The inside of it is padded with um, uh, grass. Now, you're calling it a mummy, but to me a mummy is somebody that's been, you know, I think of Egyptian mummification. He was just frozen solid, wasn't he? Uh, yes, he was, but he's still a mummy. Okay. So my definition um, of mummy has to change. Yeah, it, and he's, well, you can, he's a, you know, he's a wet mummy as opposed to a dry mummy that you would find in Egypt, but he's <laughs> nevertheless a mummy. Um Okay. But um, they even were able to figure out, um, how, well, he knew how tall he was. He was five foot two. He was about 46 years old. He had 61 tattoos. Um, he had brown eyes. Um, apparently, there was a lot of pain in his life because he had uh, several ribs that had been broken and his nose had been broken. And, my goodness, he had intestinal parasites, Lyme disease, arthritis, and heart disease. I mean, the man really... <coughs> had a hard life. But yeah, we've got a picture wow. of his shoe. We have a picture of his dagger and the little uh, uh, sheath that he kept the dagger in and his copper axe. It's just a wealth of information going back to the, uh, you know, the Stone Age and technically the Neolithic time period. Um, but we, going 53,000 years or 5,300 years back in history is pretty good, not compared to what we're finding in Antarctica but compared mm-hmm. to our normal ancient history, it's quite remarkable. Well, I, I just lately have become more and more fascinated with pre-Diluvian stuff um, because it just seems to me that, that there obviously was a civil, probably many civilizations pre-Diluvian. And, and it's kind of like, you know, I want to go back that far. I want to go back, you know, and see what, before the flood and that ice age, what was there here? And this, I mean, if you, if you take a look at the cycle of ice ages and things like that that we've had, this discovery predates all of that because it, it predates that everything. Far. You can take the oldest pyramid, the, uh, the ancient ruins in South Africa, um, Stonehenge. Those are like yesterday compared to... Uh-huh. 34 million years ago. I mean, there's just no comparison. And it's, it's mind-boggling, and, and I, I, I wish that that kind of information would get out to the greater audience out there in the world. Well, that said, there, there is one other thing that I'm curious about, if that's true. And, and this, this clearly, I mean, there is, was a civilization of some sort there. There's no doubt about it. And it was architecturally advanced because there are a whole bunches of right angles there. So they had to have constructed, um, you know, structures of some sort. So that that says technology. Um, But, you you know, you look at something like that and you wonder, okay, if if it's that old, you know, I'm a germaphobe, so I'm wondering whatever... Um, diseases or bugs or whatever that they had at that time frame, would they be defrosting as well, and could that be a danger to the rest of the planet? Um, I doubt that it would overtake the 
planet like uh, COVID has done. I don't I don't foresee anything like that. But um, mm-hmm. some of the ancient things can be revived. I know there is, I don't know if they're doing this or if they're only talking about it, but they have found, um, I'll call it a mastodon. It's some kind of ancient-looking elephant. And okay. they've been able to get, I guess, the appropriate DNA, and they either have or they are, are contemplating um, having an elephant from today carry that being to uh, to birth. So, you know, we are living in a um, sci-fi world now. Well, yeah, I mean, it, no doubt. But, but you know, if you start to populate the world, the planet with, you know, if you bring the dinosaurs back, I mean, this is definitely, um, you know, I, I don't want to see Tyrannosaurus rexus, you know, re-brought back. But unfortunately, science is so damn crazy that they would do that. Um, but but this culture, whatever it was, had to have left, you know, if if there are sites there, there have to be artifacts, and if there are artifacts, there has to be a story, and, and a story going back that many millions of years should be a fascinating one. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. But even the more recent things, uh, there's an article that I've done that, um, oh, let me see if it's going to, it'll be posted by the weekend. And the title of it is Incan Children, the Best Preserved Mummies in the World. And that's like ancient history, too, but, you know, again, not compared to Antarctica. Um, These are three children that were sacrificed to the volcano by the Incans. Um, And, you know, their clothing is preserved, their hair, their face, their skin, everything is preserved. I mean, you can see it real clearly. And so with that posting, which again will be up by by the weekend, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six photos with that one. And um, the main one um, was a, like a young teenager. And mm-hmm. uh, according to the Spanish invaders, they said that the Incan people would go out and find a very attractive young girl and then they would, um, it's almost like fatten her up, but treat her special for about a year before they would make a sacrifice to the volcano. And uh, they could tell from her DNA that she had had a regular peasant's diet, which would be like potato-based. And mm-hmm. But the last year of her life, she ate uh, meat. She ate corn or maize. And she had. They gave her alcohol, and they gave her uh, cocoa, and or cocoa, whatever. And you know, so she would just be perfect to appease the volcano. My understanding, and I'm I'm not sure I have the full picture on this. I think that they depended so much on the water from the glaciers at the top of this mountain or volcanic mountain which was like 20, over 22,000 feet in height or, or elevation. And sometimes, I guess, it wouldn't uh, provide as much water as they needed. So with this primitive thinking, they needed to appease the gods so that the water would continue to come. There may have been other reasons for the sacrifices. That might not have been the only reason. Um, but from what I've read so far, that is a possibility for one of the reasons. 
And um, it's you know where was she where, was treated where pretty was well. Where was this located? It's on the border of Chile uh, or Chile and Argentina. Because and, you know when when you say sacrifice to a volcano, you think of throwing somebody into hot lava. Quite obviously, this didn't happen. Um, no, they were up. They were buried up at the top point of it. Not buried. They were like encircled with stones. And uh, uh-huh. of course, at that elevation, um, that's a quick freeze. So just you know, they were really perfectly uh, preserved because of it. Um, so. Well, knowing they, that they figured you know. they figured that the they called her the maiden of the mountain of that particular mountain, and they figured that she probably died fairly peacefully because it was so cold. It was such high elevation, and she had alcohol and cocoa in her system, uh, so it may not have been the worst possible sacrificial death. There was also a little boy and a little girl that were also sacrificed. They were between the ages of four and seven, and he apparently had a lot of distress before he was uh, before he died because I get there were signs of the distress. Plus, there was vomit on his clothes, so his huh. his uh, his per- demise was you know considerably worse. But they had um, uh, silver and gold little statues and other things that were buried with these children, and uh, you can see some of them in the in the photos. It's quite amazing uh, what condition that they are in. Again, they're the best preserved mummies in the world. So that'll be coming up by the weekend. Have they dated them? Have they carbon dated them? Or um, well, they know the time um, of the Incan uh, civilization, and so they're you know at least five hundred years old, which sounds like nothing after we started the conversation at the top. <laughs> um, uh, but it also gives you an insight into um, the Incan civilization. You know, sometimes we we put some of these. Uh, civilizations on some kind of pedestal, like they built these great pyramids and they did this and they did that. <clears throat> but this shows how uh, superstitious and how cold-hearted um, that civilization also was. Well, you know, cold-hearted, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but, I mean, it was part of their, it was part of their um, religion. It was part of their practice so that, you know, as you said, I mean, the Aztecs had something very similar where uh, it was either the Aztecs or the Incas, I forget which. To me, they're the same, but I know they're in different places. So, um, But but they had the same type of thing where, where people were selected and for a year they were treated very well and then they were sacrificed to the gods. And, and um, it was an honor. So, yeah, it, it, I mean, nobody's going to convince me that I'm going to be treated like a queen for a year and then I'm going to be killed. That is not an honor to me, but no, but no, no. In in, the, in in their society, it was. You kind um, of have to wonder though if the if the children were really feeling honored in any way whatsoever, but um No, prob- probably uh, not. Pro- they probably didn't understand what was happening, hopefully. But uh, you know, you've 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 opened up here with Antarctica. Um, a whole new, my goodness, you know, they, they, they say the final frontier is space. I don't think so. I mean, we got a front, another frontier here on the, on the earth that hasn't been 
you know, in any way explored. And, and, you know, we talked once about, you know, are they using LIDAR? And, you know, there, there are miles, in many places, there are miles of, of ice uh, over, over the continent. But, but we know for a fact that there was a Nazi base underground here. We know for a fact that, that there's stuff in Antarctica that, that hasn't been um, taken a look at, hasn't been explored. I, I know there's, there are ice stations there. I know that most governments have, on, on the coastline of Antarctica, there are you know, outposts that, that you know, take temperature and, and snowfall and stuff like that. But to my knowledge, nobody's looking into things like that, that lake that is on the surface that nobody is supposed to fly over. How can there be a lake in the ice? But there is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a lot of stuff going on on that continent that that we just have no idea. And and with the pole shifts, um, I know for sure that Antarctic was you, you know if you look at the Perry Reese map and and a lot of other old 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 maps, they have maps of what this continent looked like without any ice on it at all. So that. At some point in time, it was a thriving piece of land. And, right. And, you know, I, I am so. And, and if people want to research, you know, the Perry Reese map is um, that's a copy of an even older map and, and stuff like that. I don't know how old. It's one of the oldest maps around, but but it does show this this continent as being t- totally ice free and if it was by the equator then it was almost tropical so what what could this and there are there are rumors that that it, it might even have been you know something connected to Atlantis and i don't know about that that's just i've i've heard somebody say it might have been Atlantis but but you know no research or anything has been done like that but but as you bring out all of these potential cities and, and civilization that was there and the technology that would build uh, roads and and walled cities and stuff like that. Um, think of think of the history that's there that we know nothing about. It's just mind boggling. Well, I'm with you. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you uh, uh, thought that perhaps uh, Antarctica um, changed its climate because of a polar shift. And I think that's a real, real, real strong possibility. Um, We did an article in 2016. It was about the Eskimos or the Inuit people, and their elders um, reported to uh, our government uh, about the changes that they were noticing. Uh, Not only are things melting, you know, very rapidly, but they have noticed that um, the position of the stars in the sky, uh, the position of the rising and setting sun, have all been changing, noticeably changing. And these are wonderful observers for this kind of thing because they live out there where it's you know basically flat and icy and white. Mm-hmm. So any little change, these people notice it. And, I mean, they uh, I don't know it anymore, but at one time I know there was a huge number of words that the Eskimos or the Inuit people had for different kinds of snow, depending on uh-huh. if it was big flakes, you know, small flakes, icy, different, you know, and we have one word. 
So uh, they're, they're really people we ought to listen to. So if they're seeing the sun changing its position in the sky, if they're seeing the stars change their position in the sky, they also have noticed that the direction of the of the dominant winds <clears throat> have changed. So, mm-hmm. you know, we may we are probably on the verge of another polar shift. Um, it may not be as bad as it was when Antarctica totally switched because we've had pole changes, and they can be very oh. gradual and not dramatic, but they also can be dramatic, and I certainly wouldn't know how to, you know, guess what it's going to be, but something shifting. Well, I know that uh, there's a tomb in Egypt, and I, I I should have been better prepared for this, but I didn't know we were going to go this direction. Um, there's a tomb in Egypt in which um, the ceiling of the tomb is is the the night sky, but it's completely reversed, uh, and the only way you can explain that reversal and is that that at the time that tomb was was um, was constructed and painted and decorated, the night sky was different, which would have, you know, the sun didn't rise in the east and set in the west. It was the complete opposite, which would mean a pole shift of some sort. So, I mean, it it can't be that they made a mistake and they just kept going because it was too too late to start all over again. It was intentional. So the night sky is completely reversed in this tomb, which would say that at the time this tomb was constructed, the the pole stars and the sun rose in the in the in the west and set in the east, so that so that something that would be a pole shift. So um, I think that the I mean the pole does move. It it, it was at once at Hudson Bay, and then it was you know over time it it, it moved um, even to different places over in Europe. So that so that yeah, it does it does change slowly over time. The the the, the pole shift shift wobble is something that that has happened you know the north pole has been in many different places over the centuries but this this tomb would suggest a complete pole shift and and i think that could have happened and that would have put antarctic into a into a better position i think I, that would be my that would be my choice of why it once was tropical and the fossils certainly prove that it once was because you can see things that look like ferns and things that grow, you know, only in tropical territories. And, and those were discovered by researchers from, oh, I won't remember the university, but it, but it's a university that was doing it. It seems like it was Wisconsin perhaps. Um, but, they're, you know, people trained in, you know, documenting these kind of things. So it's not just, you know, some Joe Blow deciding this was you know, a fossil. I mean, it's it's in and I've seen the photos. We've posted the photos. It's very very convincing. So the changes well, on this earth have been remarkable. Oh gosh, yeah. And and you know the reality here too is something like this doesn't happen overnight. So where did these people go? I mean, it, you know, they didn't suddenly, you know, they didn't go to bed one night and the next day they were frozen and, and you know, the snow happened. It had to be over time. So but you're you looking can't, you at... Can't, no, you can't rule that out either because they have found, um, oh, I don't know what, what kind of animals they were, but in the Arctic, in the northern hemisphere, uh, they have found frozen animals 
that still have the uh, grass in their mouth. Yeah, so buttercups. That, um, uh, that, that was it. That was it. Yeah. And so that would indicate uh, a very quick freeze. That would. But but you're looking here at a huge civilization. And this is just from what you can see now. I can't imagine what it's going to be like as ice melts more and more and more. Um, you know, just how how very extensive it might be. And um, the glimpse we're getting at a potential um, archaeological uh, treasure trove of information is phenomenal. And and wondering if the, this this civilization as it is now, if they are responsible for the underground tunnels that we hear are there and things like that. You know, if, if they went underground. Just, as, I know. You just don't know. There's just there's just a whole lot of stuff to find out down there. And at least uh, that's the one good thing from the climate getting warmer is that these uh, long, buried uh, civilizations are you know, popping up for us to see or get a glimpse of. Well, also, the, we're also though also discovering a lot of um, because the last time the ice all melted, um, it flooded a lot of uh, towns and cities that are now underwater, and they're now discovering a lot of those um, cities and villages that are now off the coast of, of different areas. Uh, I'm thinking Spain in, in that area and the, in the Mediterranean for sure. Um, the, there are towns and villages and cities that, that once were above water that, that you know have been below water for thousands of years now. Yeah, so, uh, early this year I, I had done a, a whole lot of searching myself along the coastline and found uh, ancient ruins, uh, especially along the west coast of this country, along California, and if people go to the global link section of our uh, website and scroll down to the very bottom of the uh, 21 uh, section, um, there will be at least three of those that you can pull up really easily. Um, it's it uh, you know it feels like you're finding buried treasure when you when you start searching with Google Earth, and I would encourage people who have it and have a curiosity. Uh, to start exploring, um, you know, our own planet because uh, these things are popping up now. And if you get something really good, let me know. Well, I, since you're talking about, you know, it, it's totally off the topic, but that Mars rock you found with carved symbols on it. <laughs> I mean, That's pretty good, too, isn't it? Uh, you know, I'm, I, 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 I keep... I keep, the, you know, I, I get as big a kick out of finding these things as, um, uh, you know, somebody goes out and finds a, I don't know, pile of gold. I, I just, I, I think it's very exciting. And the rock that you're describing was found in a NASA um, uh, video from the Perseverance rover. And it's a, a little, about a two-and-a-half-minute video segment. And it looks like a rock. I have a picture of it at one distance, and then I zoom in. And there are there are markings uh, like a little bit like hieroglyphics, but n- not as more uh, stylized. And uh, I also noticed that there are thin parallel lines, almost like a grade school um, what do they call it writing sheet? You know where they have yeah. the lines where the kids would write between the lines. 
So there are these oh, yeah. parallel lines, and then these these uh, etched in carvings or lines are between these parallel lines. Um, it well, definitely it, doesn't look like something that nature did. No, it kind of, you know, there are places where it almost looks like Olmec, you know, the, that were just the straight lines and, you know, symbols connected to the straight lines. Right, and I didn't want to use the word hieroglyphics with it because those are more like little block uh, illustrations or drawings. These are more uh-huh. like um, um, uh, the quick writing of uh, an old stenographer. I don't know if they still have those anymore, but, you know, where they would have these ab- uh, quick yeah. abbreviated symbols to, uh, to, to mean something, and that's more the line of, of, of these. And again, we're talking about things that we posted recently, so you don't even have to go past the home page to uh, find these listed um, on the right-hand side. No, it just, when I saw them, I thought, holy mackerel, what has she dug up now? And, you know, it it, it really, uh, I mean, I, I thought Sumerian, but not Sumerian. If this feels more like Olmec or, like you said, shorthand. Um, I, I I think it's phenomenal, and it it does look like they're intentional lines. Again, uh, nature doesn't make straight anything, and these are straight lines. There's no doubt about it. And the, the width of I the lines, it's like somebody took um, they're evenly spaced, but they're also like the line them the lines themselves are the same thin width. Yeah, you know they are. They're, they're evenly they're evenly spaced, so that um, the only thing I could think of would be you know sometimes a bulldozer when it's when it's when it's um, when it's clearing um, land and things like that. I'm not thinking of bulldozer. I'm thinking of the other one with a with a shovel on it. You know that scraping could could create those kind of marks. But again, I don't care. I, I don't know what created it, but it looks like it was not nature that created those lines. I, I, there's got to right. be a better term for it, but it wasn't nature. They were artificially created, and um, that's fascinating. Now you found it just on that one rock, though, right? How did you how did you zero in on one rock? Um, now this this one I don't get any credit for, and I give the uh, source of this total credit. And there's um, a a YouTube channel out of India. It's called Technical Talk India. And I checked into it. And they they just cover news about science, technology, and engineering. And since I didn't know anything about them, I went and looked it up, found out the city it was in, in India, found out it is a science and technological center. And there are six universities there and technical institutions I even went and found out that there were 17 technical jobs listed with LinkedIn in this country. So it is a high-tech center. And, uh, again, this tech talk, Technical Talk India specializes in science, technology, and engineering, and I found it on there. Um, and you, could, you can still see uh, the credit in the corner of the entire video for uh, NASA uh, I can't read it on now, but uh, JPL at mm-hmm. Caltech. So we're talking about something where they found they were just looking real closely at a, a NASA video. So 
so they found it. I didn't. I did find the walled city. I did find the walled city, but I did not find the rock on Mars. Now, I don't have any idea as to how big this rock is. Is it like a mountain? Or is it like a you know, I mean... It, it, I don't think it, it's like a mountain. I think I don't think it's like a mountain because it's something where the camera on the rover would have been able to focus on it. So I'm guessing uh-huh. it's I'm guess it looks like a flat rock on the ground and so the camera on the rover probably was looking down at it. So that it's not huge, I don't think. But so since we're looking I like didn't, a dinner since plate I didn't find I didn't find this with Google, so I can't measure it. I have no yeah. way to compare it to anything. I mean, if it's you know, if it's a dinner plate size, it's one thing. If it's larger, it's another. It's like an is it like a Nazca plateau type thing, or is it like a dinner plate thing, or you know that would. If I had to guess, I'd say it's bigger than a plate and not as big as a mountain. <laughs> well, that leaves kind a lot of territory. Like So, but like I said, there's no reference point, so I, I, there's no way I can measure it for you. Yeah, that's just you know. Can you pick it up? And is it bigger than a than a loaf of bread? You know, I mean, gosh, that's fascinating. And and you know, you just your website is so phenomenal because it does it does cover so much material that is so fascinating that that traditional news just doesn't pick up. You should have your own news channel. Uh, that sounds like too much work. I, I I enjoy finding the treasures. I don't enjoy running the corporation. Okay. Well, that's, that's a perfect outlet. But, but, but you know, you, you kind of, I mean, I so am impressed by your, your authenticity that you will research things and make sure that they are valid and not just a hoax. And I trust anything you put up because I know that you've looked into it thoroughly. And in your mind, it's valid, and and you're not easy to pull the wool over your eyes. So that you know, I you know, you can, I'm easy. You know, <laughs> I I I will, I'll jump. But um, you know, it just I I know that you have checked out all of this material to the point where I I trust all of your articles. I I. You know, when I'm looking into it, and you've got so much on the ro- uh, on the Mars rover on on just this year's links. So if people are are interested in, gosh, I'm looking at the the you know the postings, and you've got a lot of Mars rover stuff. You've got California's undersea lines. You've got you know tons of stuff here that 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 you, you know. People should talk more, and and your website gives so many, so many wonderful suggestions as to what if, and have you seen this, and look at this, and um, so that so that instead of you know going to the latest series and on TV and stuff like that, just starting to look into this and starting to Google all of this material. I mean, these ancient cities that are that are now melting out of the Antarctic ice. You know, you begin to wonder: Is 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 time? Are we coming into a time when finding this material and being able to investigate it and look at it is going to open something for society as a whole? Or, you know, I, I don't believe anything happens, you know, just 
randomly, it must be time for us to look into this to see what's there and to, to see if perhaps it holds a secret to something that happened on the earth that maybe we should all be aware of because the earth we know we know for a fact is cyclical and even though the cycles may be thousands or millions of years old it there's a map here and to know where we are on the map as far as what cycle are we in in a way prepares us for what's coming next globally i agree Besides, I just get curious, don't you? You just want to know whether you're I thinking do. in terms of what's next. You just It's like, this is unbelievable. I just want to know about it. Well, absolutely. And if people, if people go to the website and just go to the set, now I'm talking about the left side of the, the uh, home page. On the left side we uh-huh. have headings. So much of what we've discovered this year has been posted in um, the section called Global Links. Yeah. So people could just spend time in that section. Well, you know, I consider myself well-read, and yet um, it wasn't until this year that I, I became aware of the different shifts of the North Pole and how it could affect all of us. And and then then you take it even further into cosmically what's going on and how... Um, at, at some point in time, the Native American um, Indians were saying the sky is wobbling, which which would give you an indication that there was a shift of some sort going on globally. And if there are shifts and changes globally, it's going to affect the seasons. It's going to affect all sorts of things. And I think it should be part of it, the education system. You know, this is the planet we're on. This is what it does. This is part of its cycle. And and if it's true to form, and it usually is, this is what could be coming. So let's prepare for it. Let's. It's kind of like Jacob, and and interpreting the the dreams of the Pharaoh. You know, seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. We have the ability to understand seasonally what is going to happen to this country, and and prepare for it. And it doesn't feel like anybody's paying a lot of attention, but but it's the information is there to be used and utilized and and for preparations to be made. I'll get off my absolutely. That, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your soapbox is almost over, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> Anyhow, if anybody out there uh, spends some time with Google Earth and, and discovers some other things in Antarctica or under the ocean or anywhere else, uh, let me know uh, on the website under Editor's Corner. You can find No, under How to Report a Sighting. Uh, it's how you can get in touch. And um, so I would, if, if it's something good, I'll give somebody credit and we'll put it out there for the rest of the world to see. Well, I, I think that, you know, you, you've covered everything from Antarctic, you know, melting to to sunspots and, and UFOs and stuff like that. So, I mean, you, you, you cover just about everything. And, and I, I, I thank you so much for bringing your, your insights and everything to Nightlight so we can put it out there because this is phenomenal, and I'm so excited about it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try with Google Earth again, and hopefully not end up in Utah. But you know, it could be it could be the fact that I'm doing it wrong too. So, um, well, I will check it should... myself and see if they're doing that to us. 
wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> but thank no, you, Mary. No, because I know they blurred it. I, I know they blurred it. That I saw, found out for myself. The famous day. Oh. Yes. So some sometime I'm going to go to one of these big conventions, and when they have the name tag on it, I'm just going to put they, and you know <laughs> let people. But, you know, you're who? I, I'm they. I'm who they're talking about when they say they. <laughs> I could probably get in trouble for that one. Um, but I want to thank you. I want to uh, tell everybody to check out her website. It's it's skyshipsovercashiers.com, and it's a fabulous website. I, I go on it regularly and get lost. And like I said, have, have a snack and tissues with you when you go because you're not going to be able to get up and, and move for quite a while. So they, it, it, oh, and also Mary has written four amazing books. My favorite is Bigfoot Beyond the Footprints, but the other three books are good too. I've read all four of them, and um, they're coffee table books. You can read them in a in a day, and I promise you the 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 text and the picture and they they have lots and lots of pictures, so you can do it with a child, and they can look at the pictures and you can read the graphics. It's, they're wonderful, wonderful books, and they're thoroughly investigated, and I highly recommend them. And this is from someone who reads a hell of a lot. So um, thank you again. Do you want to throw anything right. else out there? Uh, no, that'll do it. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, you are a delight as always. Thank you so much, and I will talk to you next month. All righty. Take care. Bye-bye now. Thank you, everybody. This is going to be up on YouTube. Please check it out. And also uh, take a look at what else is up there. If you like what you see, please subscribe. That's how we know you're listening. Um, and it doesn't cost anything, and it makes us feel better to know that you're there. So good night, everyone, and uh, check us out. We'll be back Monday and Tuesday of next week. And uh, sometimes there's even a surprise in there someplace, so you never know. Just check out BarbaraDeLong.com. In the upper right-hand corner, you'll be able to see what show is next, and if it tickles your fancy, please tune in. Good night, everybody.